0: pretty much signed this guy, Randy Bullock, off the street. And ironically, Randy Bullock was one of the guys who tried out along Chris Boswell to take that starting position uh, when Sean Swisham left. And um, he did start this season with the New York Football Giants in the first game, I guess, with the Cowboys, and was later released in the game to New York Giants it seems that we always lose a couple of players. Uh, Javon Hargrave concussed. He went out early or late in the first quarter. And Shamarco Thomas on uh, special teams, which I cannot believe this play was not called a flagrant foul, a targeting, a helmet to helmet. The NFL is issuing these penalties on these kicks because when you hit a defenseless person from the blind side like Shamarco Thomas was, this was not straight-up hit. This was from the side, helmet to helmet, and this was kind of like when you're getting down to the end of the field and you see that the play's not coming, you start letting up, and he got lit up. But um, other than that, DHB, he's out still with that uh, foot injury, and Mike Tomlin is hoping to get him on the practice field this week, Uh, along with uh, D'Angelo Williams in his knee. He's out, and Mike Tomlin is trying to put the fire underneath him as well. Um, Xavier Grimble, he's uh, out. Shamarco Thomas, like I said, he's out with a concussion, Uh, Javon Hargrave concussion. Chris Boswell is questionable, but if he can't go – Sunday against, excuse me, if he can't go Sunday, then uh, Randy Bullock will have to step in and um, kick. for. But we look optimistic for Boswell to show up in Buffalo.
1: Actually, I think Randy Bullock did a, a sensational job, coming. you know, coming in last minute, making his field goals, because his first one he kicked, it was close, but he made it. And I was kind of scared because I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, we have a history of bringing in guys. And these guys act like it was the first time that they ever touched in an NFL field. But this guy, he did it pretty decent. Got in the game against the Giants, made every kick he was called upon to make. How long will Boswell be out? I don't know. I don't know how long we're going to be using Bullock. But right now, I believe Tomlin is starting to look like a genius, going for two points. majority of the league are missing extra point kicks. And it's coming down to the fact that a lot of teams are starting to put more into their playbooks for the two-point conversions.
0: See, this is where I always bring up the the fact that um, field goals are very, very important, and it's an intricate part of the game. Um, you could talk to, uh, listen to Jeff Reed when he calls him former kicker, of the Super Bowl Pittsburgh Steelers, and he'll tell you that kicking is a super intricate part of the game. Now you look what this this kid Randy Bullock did three for three and an extra point. So do the math at home, folks. That's 10 points right there. You take 10 away, we're tied. It's a different ball game. And if he misses a couple field goals, uh, say he missed two field goals, that still changes the outlook of the game. So, I mean, kudos to this ball kid because there's a lot of pressure, especially in Heinz Field. I mean, the weather was good. It wasn't that windy. I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been slushy, rainy, snowy, but um, windy. 'Cause usually it is pretty windy in Heinz Field. You could ask Jeff if he calls in later. But um yeah, it's it's very important. Look at those games we lost last year early in the season with missed field goals, missed opportunities. And that certainly, you know, adds up and you need everything, especially special teams. You need that.
1: Well the Steelers right now, there's special teams that's been doing pretty well. Ever since the debacle You know, in uh, Baltimore, which was a total nightmare, total breakdown of all points. The Steelers seem to be stepping up right now and trying to right this ship. Now the Steelers, like we said, they have a huge game going into Buffalo this weekend. And they have to be prepared. They're going to be fighting off certain injuries of players that have ramifications on what the Steelers do. But Tomlin said, next man up. And it's got to be that way. The Patriots practice that. And I hate to keep going back to the Patriots because it pains me to even do that. But that's the way they play ball. They replace one player. And it doesn't matter with who. They'll use a broomstick handle if it comes down to it. But long as the job gets done, James... I hear you, man. You look on um, the power
0: rankings in the NFL, and quietly and sneakily, if I may say, <laughs> that the Patriots are right behind the Dallas Cowboys and right at the heels of the Patriots are the Oakland Raiders out there in the West Coast. And they did a number on Buffalo, and we'll talk about that later in the show with the NFL scores as Sanders runs them down. But Buffalo, getting to the Buffalo game... Statistically, if you look on paper, we are evenly matched. Out for the Bills and out for the Steelers coming up uh, this Sunday. For the Bills, Ronald Darby, cornerback, that's their anchor in the secondary. Uh, He's going to be gone. Uh, Offensively, Charles Clay, he's going to be out. Robert Woods is going to be out. And uh, Percy Harvin, wide receiver, both wide receivers, are going to be out. That leaves Sammy Watkins still nursing that foot injury should be pretty much the only guy that we might need to worry about. And for us, Chris Boswell, I said, uh, they have him listed as questionable DHB out. D'Angelo Williams is out. So other than that, the two teams have met 24 times, including 3 postseason games. Steelers lead the series 15 to nine. And the last game was 2013 at Pittsburgh with the Steelers winning 23 to 10. And, Excuse me. If you're keeping score at home, uh, Big Ben did not have a stellar day. He was only like 18 for 30 for 204 yards, one TD, and that typical Ben interception. Uh, Le'Veon Bell had 22 carries for 57 yards, one TD. And A.B. had a typical A.B. day, six catches, 104, but no TDs. So my keys to victory, Sanders, and we all know it's no secret Buffalo loves to run the ball. They have LaShawn McCoy. They have Tyrod Taylor, Lee Spring-Jones, whoever you want to call back there. Uh, Ball-bearing Bob, I don't care. But this is how the Bills operate. And the Bills lead the NFL with 20-plus yards on runs and carries. So we have to be mindful of that. So what we need to do, obviously, we need to stop the run. We need to load the box, force Tyrod Taylor to beat us in the air. And with limited receivers, that's pretty much you know a no-brainer for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Force him to throw the ball. And because he's a running quarterback, that's, that should contain him as well. Should we have a linebacker to spy him? Absolutely. Timmons is the man to do that. He's got the size and the speed. We need to eliminate the penalties, especially on special teams. Especially on special teams. I like that. Um, if you go back to the Giants game, Every special team event, I call it, a kick, a kick or a punt, excluding the onside kick that the Giants did, every special team's play, there was a penalty on it, and it was ridiculous. I, I, I guess you can call penalty on everything, but that's ridiculous. The only time they weren't uh, uh, flag thrown on special teams was that onside kick, and I think they should have... Through a flag because we caught it hurry up offense is what we do best and like I said last week and you didn't agree with me on the subject uh, because we usually agree most of the time but for some reason you didn't agree with me last week the usage of Le'Veon Bell out of the backfield more as a receiver as opposed to a running back and it worked tremendously tremendously I I Think we should do that more often? And when we run the no huddle and Ben throws the ball, a short passes, the dink, the dunk, swing out, it opens up, it spreads the defense, and guess what? Ladarius Green remembered how to catch a football, and now, now he is becoming an intricate but scary part of the offense. And we have to control the ball and the clock. We can't give... Buffalo or any other team the opportunity to score and if we're on the field running the, running the ball and you know controlling the clock if their offense is not on the field we have a good opportunity to win this game I'm thinking the Pittsburgh Steelers win this one pretty much in a route I'm saying 35-17 and that's because they get a garbage touchdown late 35-17 Pittsburgh write it down
1: I like the analogy. I like well put together, but I don't agree with it. Uh. I I think the Steelers right now, they're one of the teams you might have to look out for. And they do. And you have the good reason to be scared of Pittsburgh. The defense is starting to gel. The offense is starting to pick it up. But the fact is, you're playing Buffalo. Who knows what team is going to show up in Buffalo? Buffalo is one of those teams that have... Upset a lot of great teams coming into Buffalo, and they play tough at Buffalo. They have a lot to prove at home, and they were game, at least for a little bit, with a high-powered attack in Oakland. So, you have to figure out things in that way and just see which one is more plausible to be along with. And I can see Pittsburgh winning this game, but it's going to be a lot closer than... The score, what you predicted. I'm looking at a score of maybe 24 to 17, with Pittsburgh scoring late. And the fact is, because the Bills aren't going to lay down, they have Shady McCoy, and he's not called Shady just for no reason. This guy's a shifty back, a great runner, and the Steelers are going to have to contain him. And we've had problems this year with runners like that because Shady almost puts him in the mind of, even though he's a better back than Ajay for the Miami Dolphins. Ajay torched us in Miami. This guy's a physical, shifty, hard-type runner with speed, the same as McCoy, and the Steelers have to be careful of that. Wrap up. Keep your hands on him. None of this, I'm going to bang you down. You got to hold this guy because this guy's an aggressive runner. And let's hope you're dealing with Tyrod Taylor, a quarterback that can run and throw. Granted, he's not precise at times, but I've seen some games where he's had some great, phenomenal throws. But the Steelers should win this only because, you called it earlier, Sammy Watkins is the only viable threat, and he's not all the way 100% healthy. So other than that, the Steelers should contain everybody else. So I'm looking for the Steelers to win this game 24-17 in Buffalo.
0: This this should have been one of the agree, disagree topics for later in the show. But I do agree that Shady McCoy is pretty much, you you, you can't, predict how this guy he is he does his thing he does it very well so if you're a Buffalo Bills fan out there call us 216-539-9967 we want to hear your take on the upcoming game but here's what's going to stop him Sanders and not only that the Pittsburgh Steelers our defense is learning to tackle but it's all about accountability. So he can do what he – he can shift here, he can shift there, he can do whatever he wants. But if you have defensive players in positions where they're supposed to be and be accountable for that and not get fooled and overplay the run, we're going to stop them. I'm glad you mentioned that. So, folks, yeah, call WBLZ, uh, Steering Nation Live at – 2165-399967. 2165399967
1: Guys like you said we have a lot to talk about we're going to go to commercial break we'll come back hopefully we might have our boy Jeff Reed on the line with us and we're going to go on further cuz we have a lot to talk about especially with the Steelers possibly trying to be on the cusp of making the playoffs which is huge uh, for the Steelers Playoffs don't talk about playoffs We'll see you next you up me? on Steelers Nation live
0: Uniform Express located on 1408 Buffalo Road, Rochester, New York for your police, fire, or EMS supplies. One of Rochester's top and finest suppliers are shirts, pants, shoes, boots, and accessories for your professional uniform needs. Uniform Express also does embroidery and screen print for team uniforms, jerseys, and corporations. Ours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can also go to their website at www.
1: UniformExpress.com. Hey, you got room for one more? A little off the top barbershop, located at 2585 Eastern Road, Rochester, New York, is your barbershop. We cut all stuff, most of all, we cut the way you like it. So call for an appointment, call Ed Frazier Jr. 585-230-0489. That's 585-230-0489. And the next time when you sit down in your barber's chair, Make sure it's a little off the top barbershop.
0: WBLZ Sports Talk Radio. You can't talk sports if you don't have the balls. (laughs) Steeler Nation uh, Live uh, has the balls uh, on WBLZ Sports Talk Radio. uh, Welcome back to your Steeler source, Steeler Nation Live.
1: Welcome back, Still a Nation Live. Sanders Tisdale.
0: And I'm still here, James (laughs) O.
1: Guys, like we said, we wanted to touch base on a lot of other things. And one thing we're going to do real quick if you guys didn't catch all the game scores, we're going to run it down to you right now, right here on Still a Nation Live. Like we said, Sunday was one heck of a day. Broncos winning over the Jaguars in a tough battle, 20-10. to The Chiefs losing a close one. No, oh, excuse me, winning a close one, excuse me. 29-28, a late two-point interception, 100-yard pick. That was huge. What a
0: swing of that one. First you think you're going to go up and make a three-point game, and now you're losing by
1: one. That's horrible. Exactly. And what about the Detroit Lions? The Detroit Lions over the New Orleans Saints. Shut down Drew Brees, no TDs, wow. three interceptions. The Detroit Lions after you, people got to look out for these guys. Yeah, they're like the Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFC. <laughs> the Houston Texans losing to the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay, twenty-one to thirteen. And if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles getting trounced by the Cincinnati Bengals, Come thirty-two
0: on. to fourteen. Come on, they trounce us and we trounce the Bengals. How does that <laughs> happen?
1: The Raiders. Coming back, winning over the Buffalo Bills, like we said, 38 24. San Diego Chargers losing to the Tampa Bay Bucks 28 21. Wow, I didn't see that coming. You're watching the Washington Redskins falling short to the Cardinals 31 23. And the Carolina Panthers in a Sunday night game getting blown 40 7 over the Seattle Seahawks. And they close the night off with the New York Jets probably being asked to move to New Jersey. Getting blowed, I think it was a 41-10 score. It was it was horrible. It was the Jets set football back to the Stone Age. Ryan Fitzpatrick
0: taken out of the game for for Bryce Petty, who didn't really do that good of a job either. Look at the score.
1: Wow. There's not much you can say about the Jets. Actually, I believe there was a half game attendance in this game, and they have selling tickets for five bucks. Oh wow! I didn't get that memo. <laughs> what about the Seahawks and Panthers? Exactly. Guys, like we said, we want to get you guys abreast of the scores going on in the NFL. And like we said, a lot of things to talk about, especially when you look at some of the scores and what's going on in the NFL. Indianapolis Colts, after being blasted by the Steelers, they go out and they, you know, payback. Payback to the Jets. Yeah, they finally woke up. and Andrew Luck was
0: back. And there's there's a, the defense was, was astromantic nomical in that game. It just didn't look like the Jets were, were in the game at, at all. And if you if you look at it quickly, with uh, Andrew Luck coming back, I mean, he did a pretty good game. I don't know, 22 for 28, 278. Oh, four touchdowns. I mean, and you look on the other side of the ball, holy cow. Bryce Patty, 11 for 25, 135. I think you could have thrown that, Sanders. Yeah, it's close. It's but close. But it just... And they're, they're still in the hunt for the playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> playoffs? Well, Sanders, since we're talking about playoffs, if the playoffs were today, let's go down the list. I'm going to start with the NFC and the Dallas Cowboys, who are 11-1. and one. Uh, Washington's loss in Arizona, combined with the Cowboys' win Thursday in Minnesota, made Dallas the first NFL team this season to clinch a playoff berth. A win uh, With a win Sunday night against the Giants in New Jersey, Dallas can avenge its only loss uh, this season and clinch NFC East with three weeks to go. Now the Giants have a chance to come back, regroup, and prove, A, that they're a real football team, and B, that the first game against the Cowboys was not a fluke. Now let's head west to the Seattle Seahawks, 8 3 and. 8-3-1. Yeah, with that one tie. Well, Seattle's offense sprung back to life Sunday night after sleeping through the Sunday before. Two of the Seahawks' remaining four games are on the road where they're not the same team, Sanders. And Detroit is right on their heels in the chase for a first-round bye. Now, talking about those Detroit Lions 8-4, Sunday was the first time all season that the Lions didn't trail in the fourth quarter, which could indicate that they're getting better at the right time. They have a comfy two-game lead in the NFC North and tough tests loom against the Giants in Jersey and Dallas and at home against the Packers. So it's not going to be an easy ride for the Detroit Lions. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, 7-5. and An excruciating loss. Dropped Atlanta into first place tie with Tampa Bay, over whom the Falcons currently hold the slimmest tiebreaker, and it's because of their 3-1 division games, and the Bucks are 2-1. The two teams split the season series, and Atlanta holds a common opponent tiebreaker as of now. But this is very close, folks. The Saints can still get to a 9-7 and factor in the NFC South. Before it's over, the New York football Giants, 8-4. and four. The Giants didn't look their best in a loss to the Steelers in Pittsburgh, but they're still strong, and they're in good shape for a wild-card spot. If they could beat them Cowboys on Sunday night, they will remain mathematically alive in a race for an NFC East title with the biggest of tiebreakers, head-to-head competition in their pocket. Now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 7-5. and five. The defense is getting it done in Tampa as the Bucks have won four in a row to surges an NFC playoff picture in a big way. They have two games left against the Saints, one in Dallas, and a home contest against the Panthers to close out the season. It's not going to be easy, folks, but they've beaten the Chiefs, the Seahawks, and Chargers in the past three weeks. This is no joke. And let's talk about AFC, Oakland Raiders. It couldn't be much closer at the top between the Raiders and the Patriots, who have identical overall records and 7-1 and conference records. Oakland has the edge right now in games against common opponents and strength of victory should the tiebreakers get that far. But Oakland is also in far greater danger than New England of being caught by a team in its own division. Now we'll talk about the New England Patriots. A victory over Baltimore. December 12th could potentially lock up the AFC East title in a first-round bye. For the Patriots, the Baltimore Ravens. It looks like they'll be in a dogfight with the Pittsburgh Steelers, top of the North, as it always goes. And uh, the Houston Texans, six and six. Kansas City Chiefs, nine and three. Denver Broncos, eight and four. All have opportunities to be in the playoffs if it were today. And let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers really quick. Seven and five are tied with the Ravens, top of the AFC North, and only. Only one game behind the Broncos in the wildcard hunt, so there's probably no more dangerous team that isn't currently in the field after a potentially treacherous road games. We're talking going to Buffalo, then going to Cincy, and then we finish our two home games, Christmas Day against the Ravens and New Year's Day against the Cleveland Browns. So that's the playoff picture for today, if it was today. Well, i it's not. It is,
1: and you have to remember, the Ravens are a huge part of what the Steelers are got, have to be shooting for. That Christmas Day is going to be a huge game. The Steelers right now, they're faced with the fact of they're tied right now for the best record in the AFC North. But look at it this way. The Ravens still keep winning. And not just winning, they're getting some quality wins. Yeah. The Miami Dolphins, who they just beat, the Steelers struggled struggled with and lost to. These guys destroyed them. So the Steelers have to stay focused. And with the Ravens winning huge games, what do you think of the whole thought process of the Ravens and the direction that they're going?
0: Well, you know how I feel about the Ravens. You know how I feel about Joe Flacco. And with the resurgence of Dennis Pitta, the tight end, now Flacco has pretty much somebody another wide receiver to go to. Now against, against the Dolphins believe it or not, Flacco, if you look at you look at this, the stats, 36 for 47 for 381 yards and four touchdowns. Unbelievable. Dennis Pitt had, had two of those, and uh, Perryman had one. and they had nothing on the ground. Dixon was, had 56 yards and West had 50 yards on the ground. So it's like I always say, he throws the ball up and and hopes somebody can catch it. So that that falls on the the opponent's defensive line, not creating that pressure. You get pressure on Flacco, he's going to screw up. And that's why the Steelers and the Ravens, they play so tight because we actually do get pressure on Flacco, and he throws the ball over the place. And that's why the scores are so um, limited, but I tell you what, they did a great job on defense, um, stopping a JJ for 61 yards, and uh, Jarvis Landry receiving had 87 yards, Sims 39 yards receiving, which really isn't just is junk, and Tannehill 29 for 40 for only 226 yards and one touchdown. That is a recipe for disaster. So. Yeah. And for Flacco to carve up the the Dolphins' defense like he did and Roethlisberger looked like well, he was clueless against the defense, it just – things will change when they play a real team like the Steelers.
1: Well, let's hope so. The Steelers right now, in their fact, where they're playing well and they're starting to get their footing, footing under them, but the fact is the Steelers have still a lot of questions on defense. And right now the – Ravens' defense looks to be turning that corner right now. So that's kind of scary. Their offense, I believe, the Steelers can somewhat contain, but the fact is their defense is starting to become one of those emergers. You know, not to where they had when they had Ray Lewis or anything like that, but it's starting to get to another level. I agree, Hunter. With the resurgence with Suggs coming back from injury, that's
0: another added, you know, key weapon to – Uh, the Ravens defense, and Ladarius Webb, one of the best in upcoming, I think, corners right now that we've been trying to get on our show. And for some reason, I don't know why he doesn't want to come on the Pittsburgh Steelers show. But, yeah, we're still trying to get Ladarius on the show. And, you know, we're good people here. We just we love football. We like to talk to him. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. But I actually do think when we play Christmas – that Roethlisberger is going to torch him. Because don't forget, we have up-and-coming Kobe Hamilton, Eli Rogers that nobody really knows about their potential. Obviously, A.B. We got um, Le'Veon Bell leading the NFL in total yards per game. I think he's averaged 189-90 yards total offense a game. And that's not when he has uh, a a good rushing game. In fact... uh, we forgot to mention that Le'Veon Bell was the first rusher to rush over 100 yards against that uh, Giants defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, right now Le'Veon Bell, you've said it—he's a quality back, and this guy can be the deciding factor in a lot of games, especially being a dual threat. But the Steelers have to keep their defense poised and ready. But you know what? One of the other topics I want to get on tonight which I thought was something that I want to get feedback from you guys, is the fact of why is Jeff Fisher still coaching? A lot of questions out there, even from players that used to play at the Rams, are still wondering why is he still there? Well, I, I can answer that
0: for you right now. Jeff Fisher, he, when he came to Nashville, he turned that Titans team around. Nobody sees that they weren't a Super Bowl contender, but he's taking these teams and trying to restructure and, and turn these organizations around. And the players that he's been given, it's not his fault. I mean, he—he's not the—he's no Chuck Noll, he's no Bill Cowher, he's no Mike Tomlin, he's no Dick Buckus. So what happens here is people are starting to compare his. Coaching ability with the coaching greats, and it 's not fair to him because these coaches other than Chuck Noll who took draft picks and made a dynasty. Jeff Fisher is doing his best to w- with what he 's got now i 'm not a Jeff Fisher fan beyond no scope of whatever, <laughs> but you got to give the guy a fair shake i mean he 's doing his best and I think if you put him in, say, like head coach of, say, like the Cincinnati Bengals or even the Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Browns have a great young team, but it's their leadership that's killing them.
1: I disagree. Well, Uh I agree the fact that what you're saying about Cleveland, because anything kills Cleveland. But the fact is with this guy, Jeff Fisher has been coaching for close to 20 years. And when do you get it right? And not just culture for 20 years. The fact is, he hasn't won that much. And he's he's done it with different teams. Yeah, he was in Tennessee, but he did it there a couple years. Majority of the time, he was losing. Now you move over to the St. Louis Rams. You you lose there. Now you're in L.A., and you're still losing. I love L.A. (laughs) We love it. Oh. And right now as it stands, Jeff Fisher is only like four losses away from being the biggest losing coach oh. in the history of the NFL.
0: He had to go there.
1: <laughs> and believe it or not, that'll tie him with Landry of the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, he he had a br- rough start, just like Chuck Noll did uh, back in the day. But that's back then when the teams drafted for dynasties and not drafted for um, for now and didn't get um, free agents for now. You want to build a dynasty. And, you know, sometimes, Sanders, if you want to make an omelet, some eggs have to be broken. You know what I'm saying? And I, I guess, I guess, I don't know. You look at the stats. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. You can't – but I think as – I would love him on my coaching staff.
1: I'll tell you that right now. Oh, I would love him on my coaching staff. I wouldn't love him being my head coach because he had a long time to figure it out, and obviously he can't. You know, this guy's getting paid upwards of seven to $8 million a year for this guy, and the fact is he just can't get it right. And don't yeah. get me wrong, he's been trying to build for a while. He just got a two-year um, extension.
0: Yeah. So, so basically what you're <laughs> saying is Jeff Fisher – hurt more teams than the Browns hurt their own quarterbacks.
1: <laughs> Pretty close. Pretty close. Wow. And don't get me wrong. I have respect for Jeff Fisher, but not in the head coaching capacity. I believe he could be, like you said, in addition to my coaching staff, but not the leading guy. I hear you. Folks, if you're trying to call us at
0: 216 uh, 539 that phone line is jammed with calls. We're having problems, so you can give us a shout at 585-210-3917. Give us a call. The 216 line is jammed up with many phone calls, so we're trying to reroute our phone calls. That's 585-210-3917.
1: Guys, like we said, we want to keep you abreast of a lot of things is going on in the NFL, but actually we want to also get to our agree. Or disagree segment.
0: Agree or
1: disagree.
0: First item up the bed. The Steeler O-Line put on a better performance than the D-Line. I agree. Why is that?
1: And I'll tell you why. Be- because of the fact that the O-Line opened up some holes. Granted, they weren't the best, but they were better than they were before. And I agree. I think what happened, oh, we have a caller. We're going to get to that right now.
0: Welcome, caller to Steeler Nation Live. Who do we have, where are you from, and what's on your mind?
1: Frank Rizzo, Red Hook, New York.
0: Hey, Frank, a return caller yep. from New yeah, York. Yeah, i
2: got a lot on my mind, but it's your show. What do you want to talk about, tough guy?
0: Hey, um, so being from New York, you're a Steeler fan. I, uh, I just want to reiterate no, no, that, no, correct? No, no, it,
2: well, there's a, there's a problem in New York. you got the, the, the New York Bills, the New York Giants, and the New York Jets. Two of them. Are not from New York, and the Bills are from Buffalo, and uh, the Steelers get a white Buffalo field with them this weekend. Thank you.
0: What do you think about that Giants game?
2: Well, I I I love it when Steelers play D three teams. You know, it makes it easier for us to win, (laughs) especially at home. I was at the game. Took a road trip. Took a train up there. Amtrak. Uh, Don't never don't never take Amtrak. Well, at
0: least you made it there, right?
2: You better off just driving. Anyhow, we went to the
0: game, and we seem to have lost Frank. Frank, are you there? I think we're so excited. Folks, call. Once again, the new number is 585-210-3917. We'll be waiting for uh, Frank to call back or possibly uh, waiting on Jeffrey to call tonight. But getting back, like I was saying, I liked how the offensive line stood up for Le'Veon and took care of the running back after the Giants got a little dirty, a little chippy near the end of the game, uh, tried to twist his head off you know, like a bobblehead. And And I was very surprised because the New York football Giants are, are a legitimate, great team. And for them to play and do do that little dirty stuff, they lost a lot of respect for them. Number two, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. A. Don Bell should be used more like he was in a Giants game, receiver-running back. Let's hear
1: I agree. <laughs> I like the fact that what he did, Le'Veon Bell's a heck of a runner, so much kudos go out to him, and he should be used like that. And I agree with you what you said earlier about Le'Veon Bell. He's an explosive runner, and he should be used as much as possible. Now, when we look back
0: at the Ravens game where we we strictly used him as a running back— That did not work for one, two, three and a half quarters. You got to change the channel. You got to come up with something better. So, yes, I agree. You should be here. Now, number three, too many penalties on special teams is a special teams coach's fault. Hey, Jeff, what's going on? What's going on? How's the weather down there, Carolina?
2: Man, that's 40. It's pretty cold for for me.
0: (laughs) Hey, welcome to our world, yeah. Welcome to our world. You got to get a jacket on today? You can't wear shorts?
2: No, nah, I'm not wearing I don't wear jackets, man. <laughs> you're, you're overrated. The
0: best. Overrated. Yeah. So, Jeff, let's talk about that Giants victory. Um, what did you see in that game? And, like we talked earlier about the show, how important field goal kickers are to a football team. Uh,
2: I had a good idea that. I don't know. I just feel like every time I played the Giants, which was, which was only a couple times, uh, I feel like we just had their number. Um, I didn't, I didn't see every single play by any means, but I knew Pittsburgh was going to win. wasn't the most exciting game in the world, but um, you know those are the kind of games Pittsburgh wins. Though I mean they're not they're not the flashiest team, but it's the ones that are they play all 60 minutes that gets them a victory.
0: Well, it was a flashy team when uh, number three was kicking field goals in Pittsburgh not too long ago, though, I'll tell you that.
2: Well, I tried, but it was more my haircut.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, There was a flashy haircut, too, as well. Hey, but, Jeff, let me ask you this. Now, the Steelers are coming up to Buffalo, up our way. But the fact is, yeah. Buffalo is one of those teams that play huge in Buffalo. I mean, what do you see with the Steelers going into Buffalo, and do you see them coming out with a win?
2: That's another one that's uh, scary. It's uh, a very scary uh, game. Uh, I, I would, you know, if they if the Steelers played New England, I think that would be less scary than if they're if they playing uh, Buffalo. I Just, just so I, I, they seem to play down to the level of their competition. And, um, I, you know, we did that some while I was there, um, but it seems to happen more often the past couple of years. So I don't think Buffalo's a bad team at all. And I think they're well coached. I've always liked Rex. Um, but I do think that um, it'll be – I think it'll come down to the wire. And I really don't know who will win that one. You know, it just – Pittsburgh's the kind of team that has all the capabilities in the world um, to beat them by 25, 30 points. But they're also that they have all the capabilities in the world. To, you know, I don't know how the weather's going to be either. You know, it's probably pretty nasty. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I know it will be. It'll be a close game. There will be no blowout. Um, it is scary. It's a scary game for Steelers, and they need it. They need it big time too.
0: Well, let me ask you this, Jeff. When we're talking about scary games, what scares you most—the Buffalo game or the Cincy game?
2: Um, I think Buffalo. Uh, just because. It's at it's at Buffalo. Uh, I don't I don't think it'd be too scary if they're at Harnsfield, but that atmosphere, uh I think it's still called Rich Stadium, but if it's not, that's what it used to be called and it was great. Um great atmosphere. And,
0: New era. New era uh, stadium.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so I have no idea. But yeah, <laughs> I just I just feel like I don't think they're gonna lose another home game. Uh I don't I don't think they'll lose to the Ravens or the Bengals or the Browns. Um that's my personal opinion but I do think this one's scary for them. So I don't I don't know how it'll go. But Cincinnati has lost their mojo. I don't know what they have going on. Um but they're they're not the same team as they have been in the past.
0: Well, yeah, it's, since he just came off that big win against the Eagles who trounced Dutch, which I just I just can't understand the math on this one. 32 to 14. They they took they took care of the Eagles, it was just, I don't understand, Jeff. We we lose to the Eagles, we lose to the Dolphins, and then they play our division rivals and they go in there and they wipe them up all over the ground. I mean, Dalton had a pretty good day, 332 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, it's it's hard to explain in any given day, I guess.
2: I, I do think, uh, I'm not saying Cincinnati's not a good football team, and they're... They have one of the best coaches in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, but, yes, they did beat Philadelphia, but Philadelphia, you know, on their high horse when Pittsburgh went into Philly and got beat up pretty good, that was when they were they couldn't do anything wrong. I mean, they've hit reality now where, I mean, I like their quarterback as far as uh, Carson Wentz, but I do think that his rookie, his being a rookie, I think it's starting to come out a little bit, you know, unlike Dak Prescott who has been calm and cool the whole season. But
1: well, Jeff, one question I wanted to ask you before we go is the fact of, and it's not even Pittsburgh-related, but the fact is we were discussing this. And I'm trying to wonder, and I'm trying to get your thought on it as well. Jeff Fisher just signed a two-year contract with the L.A. Rams. A lot of people see it as, why? And that's a question we're trying to wonder here and just trying to get feedback from you and maybe others out there as to what do you think about that? a two-year contract being signed by him?
2: Um, It was pretty awkward considering the season they're having. I don't think it's a terrible season. Record-wise, it is. But, I mean, I think they have a good defense. I think they have potential. But, you know, any business, whether it's the NFL, NBA, or a banking uh, company, any business, it's about relationships. And um, I just I feel like he and the front office are real tight. Uh, I think Jeff Fisher was a great coach when he was at uh, Tennessee. Uh, he was always, you know, a foreign on our side when Coach Coward was coaching us. Um, but on the flip side of that, I don't I don't quite see a two-year contract going to somebody that I wouldn't say doesn't deserve it because that's not fair to him. But I, it, it was more surprising than anything.
0: Wow. Jeff, just a couple uh, questions here. Uh, college football, not sure how, how much you follow them, but uh... – Give us your give us your picks. You think Alabama's going to win it all, or what's your what's your taking the Rose
2: Bowl? Penn uh,
0: State, USC.
2: Yeah, I don't uh And nothing against Alabama fans because they're always good. I I can't stand Alabama, and and, it, and it's not because of anything in particular. I just get sick of them winning. <laughs> so um, yeah, I agree. I, 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 and I'm not, by any means, I'm a Tar Heels, so I'm not a huge, dot hard Clemson fan either. But I would like to see a team like Washington or Clemson end up, um, and they could play each other, but end up playing each other. Uh, because that, to me, would be what I would want to see. Now, everybody else wants to see Ohio State-Alabama because of the rematch and two great teams. I think Penn State got robbed. Um, honestly, Thank you. you win that. You win, you win that conference. I don't care if nine times out of ten Ohio State would beat you; they didn't, and right. um, and they ended up, and they ended up getting beat by Wis I mean, they were getting killed by Wisconsin and found a way to win. So, to me, they got robbed. I think Washington deserves to be in there, um, but you know, then again, if you, if you want to look at the best four teams, I mean, I don't know how Michigan can't be in there again as well, even though they lost to Ohio State. So, you know, it's that- it's one of those things where. At least they got it to where there's, you know, four teams before it was just two. But on the flip side of that, you now, I mean, you have you have five big conferences, the Power Five, I guess they call it. So how can you only have four teams? So you you know, it's always going to be up for discussion of, well, maybe we should have eight teams, or maybe we should just have six and two have five. But then that's just going to prolong the season, and you know, it's always going to be an argument. But on on the flip side of that, um, I don't know. I don't think Alabama has been challenged uh, like they're going to be challenged. I don't know how good Washington will do against that uh, against them, but I do think Ohio State or Clemson will, you know, be a little bit more of a threat. Uh, whoever wins that game, uh, I do think Alabama will play in a championship. Um, but they also, to me, they beat some good teams. There's no doubt about it. But a couple teams had them on the ropes and and blew it in the end. So I think they're beatable. Um, be tough to say who's really going to win because you know clemson you know they show signs of i thought louisville was going to be in there from day one the way they're playing and they just blew it so uh it, it's hard to, it's hard to pick a winner uh, you do have four great teams in it though so i guess at this point as long as the referees don't determine the outcome of a game um it may the best team win
0: all right jeff we're going to end this on one final question Who's going to win in Hyundai Bowl, the Hyundai Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas? North Carolina or Stanford, real quick, picking a score.
2: Oh, is that where we are? Uh, I was was looking for that, so um, that's (laughs) not a very good bowl, huh? Uh, I think North Carolina does. I mean, I I think we had a good team all year. Could have easily been in the ACC championship. Lost two games to our rivals, Duke and NC State. Um, We win either one of those. We're in the championship, so. You know, it is what it is. You just move forward. I think we'll win that. We will definitely score a lot of points. So uh, it's more, but then, you know, then again, we can't stop the run, and they have McCaffrey. So uh, it's kind of hard to say that. So I'd say it's going to be more of a shootout. I don't know, say more of a 38-35 game. I'll pick my Tar Heels.
0: Beautiful. All right, Jeff. Folks at home, you heard it from Jeff Reed himself. Take the Tar Heels and the points. All right, Jeff, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for calling in. And, folks, thanks for tuning in to Steeler Nation Live. Check us out at www.steelernationlive.net. Check us out at WBLZ Sports Talk Radio. Check us out at Stitcher. Check us out at TuneIn. Check us out at your mom's
1: house. (laughs) We'll see you next week, guys, on Steeler Nation Live.